Mm. Uh, I'll think of something. Okay, well, something like that. All right. You ready to ready to come back in? going to get into to probably his so he he's known for a lot of different stuff uh but in the west i'd say there are two really well known titles that most people have read or picked up if they've read ito and uh the first one is obviously uzumaki we've we've briefly mentioned it the second one though is one that um i know eric hasn't read but should definitely maybe give a check just because it's kind of different from what he usually does and that's mm-hmm. gyo now, Gyo is, uh, the best way I could describe just the plot simply is it is fish with legs and wings. I'm not kidding. It's fish that have legs and wings mm-hmm. and come onto the land. And it's it starts off very much like kind of like a B horror movie, like an invasion type thing. That's weird. Yeah. And it's not, and you wouldn't think that for Ito either because most of his stories aren't quite about that. Mm. And then it becomes a gas virus. That is turning people into sort of these types of... It's a completely different thing almost. Um, And what's interesting about that is that it feels more like an actual Ito work at that point. Whereas in the first part, feels like a a B-horror movie or something. It feels Mm. almost like a zombie invasion type thing. Or like um, one of those 50s sort of horror movies where you've got like the giant spiders invading the town or... The Blob or um, okay. the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> I mean, that's not a it's not a, an approach I wouldn't see him do. Yeah. But it is rather interesting. It's interesting to see him yeah. do something like this. Mm. And um, there are moments where I wouldn't say it's like the scariest, but it's 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 scary. And in, in that, like, um, I think most people are fucking scared of sharks and things like being. <laughs> Like the scariest part is there's a chapter when people are people are in the ocean and there's a shark coming at them, and oh. they they go out of the ocean like oh yeah we're safe and then the shark comes onto the the you know out of the ocean onto the land with its legs and runs up and just eats everybody. Oh my god, that's that is the most terrifying thing ever. Yeah, so it's it's I I um, read this actually on a plane because I was taking my flight and I needed some stuff to read. So this was one of the ones I read, and um, <laughs> it's something you don't want to eat while eating. There's um, it's like because it gets into the gas stuff, and there's a lot of stuff about like how um, these people get infected with this gas that the fish are like spreading, mm. who are basically dead, but they've got these like mechanical tubes or something of them that is sprouting out um, legs and wings and shit. Yeah, and this is doing it to humans eventually. And basically they spread this like really sick gas that's basically like maybe coming from their butt and mouth 
not kidding. Um, these tubes that are going like their mouth and anus. And um, that's the nicest way I could put it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they're just like really disgusting looking as well. They're like, they get like really fat and bladed and their skin like looks like it's like, they've got like, it doesn't look like it's rotting. It just looks like they're kind of puffy and they've got like little spots and shit on them. And um, yeah, it just, it just gets... <laughs> Kind of, gro- it's like probably his grossest work, I'd say. Like, yeah, that sounds. That sounds. Yeah, Uzumaki and some other things he did are starting to sound a little bit nicer. Yeah, like yeah. even the um, what is it? Because I read a collection of his short stories. The oh, I'm just trying to remember it. Oh yeah, the uh, most human, of them are kind of just bloody. Yeah. I would say, like they have a bit of blood on them. Yes, because there's one short story in his collection, Yami no Koe. Which yep. the very first story, which describes um, vampire bats yep. in Japan, yep. already weird, yep. but that's what it is. And they have been, yep. and these vampire bats have been sucking, you know, human blood, and then from this one person, and then they start spitting it at this anorexic girl. Mm. So mm. it just looks, it was creepy as hell. I would say the the the. But this just sounds really. I would gross. say the closest he gets of this sort of grossness and this sort of like. Um, feeling of of I don't know if I'd say horror like it yeah it's definitely like gross it's gory sort of thing would be um, Shiver which is one of his other short stories which they did adapt mm. into the animated feature thing as well um, where he basically it's about people that have got like holes on their body and it just keep they keep on getting all these little like, little holes mm. and um, that that's actually a phobia some people have like phobias of hives and things like that like oh, holes yeah. and things. And if you read Shiver and you had that aphobia, it's really scary then at that point. Um, but it's all about like people having these little holes like suddenly appearing on their body. And it's, yeah, that's that's kind of like the closest he gets with kind of grossing you out or mm. making you like kind of sick reading it. Because um, this one, this one definitely does that. I'd say the biggest pros for this is that it's, it is well drawn, um, but it is like, it, it is one of like ones where, um, some of his other works, I'd say, like when you get into the characters in this, do kind of just look kind of samey. Like there's nothing really super distinct about them, except for the scientist. Mm. He is very distinct. You know, like you look at him straight away, like oh yeah, that's the scientist. <laughs> um, they do kind of just look like other characters that would fit in in his other short stories. Um, but I would say, yeah, it's it's definitely got some nice surprises and twist, twists. Like with the fact that it starts off with these fish that are coming on and you think it's just going to be like a zombie invasion you know creatures coming into the city type thing but then it turns into like a virus thing and it's all about surviving through this and the guy being mostly by himself and then like him trying to help his girlfriend and Mm. there's a creepy circus at one point you know that's kind of using taking advantage of this and they've kind of gone nuts um so there's there's stuff like that that's really interesting but i would say the biggest cons are is yeah don't read this while eating it's a little long in parts it does drag a bit um the main female character is right most of the time like she's right about what's going on but she Mm. is really annoying and you don't really care for her that much um that's a bad that's a bad move yeah and i'd say it's not nearly as interesting as uzumaki but it is it is a interesting read and there is an animated version of it, but it's really terrible CG, and I wouldn't recommend it. Mm. 
So that's Gyo. Uh, and since Eric's touched on it, let's get into his um, short story collection. So hmm. I have a copy of it actually in Japanese um, yeah. when I was in Japan. But I bought the one I've got is mostly just Tomie stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they released it around the time of the animated series they did of his. And uh, there's also the there's there's more than one collection of his short stories. And the one I his Tomie ones, uh, the art is varies because you can tell with some of the earlier ones he was learning how to be an artist. They're a little bit rough. Um, it seems like with some of them, like maybe the ink or the paint was, you know, you know, you know what I mean by like the inking on it mm. seems a little bit rough. Like yeah. you can, the, the outlines of the characters seem a little bit more thicker than they should be, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Um, so that was like my compliance sort of when I was reading some of the earlier ones. But you can see him really progress as an artist and get really good. Uh, there's some really good ones that got adapted into into anime and, and usually the best ones from that those collections are the ones that are obviously the best animated um because the anime was kind of it was all right i enjoyed it um i don't with ito's work with the exception of uzumaki i'm kind of fine with his stuff not being you know hugely detailed kyoto animation style and anim- mm. i don't expect that it's a horror thing it's meant to be a bit gross or a bit cheap looking and some of his stuff is kind of b-grade horror so i don't expect it to be you know 100 percent amazing looking um so you know that that's one complaint i've heard but i would say give it a go especially episode two of the the anime which adapts uh the model story line now do you know about the model um no it doesn't ring a bell unfortunately okay i'll explain it um so the model, basically, these guys are um, this. Our main character is a scriptwriter, mm-hmm. and they are working on a, a short film or something. Uh, and basically, they he he sees this model in a catalog because he's looking for actresses or something or people to inspire him. And he sees this woman that's just frightening. She's got this really long face and like sort of sharp eyes and this long nose, and something just doesn't look right about her. And he's just completely shaken by her appearance, and he can't focus. But then he eventually talks to his friend, he describes what he's seeing, and he manages to get it out of his head for a bit, and he gets the script done, and they do something together. Um, mm-hmm. And you don't, we don't really see that product. He then teams up with his friend again, and they say, okay, we need to uh, hold auditions because we need an actress for this. And they get one young lady who they think looks pretty good and will do good for the part. And then um, the girl who he saw in that model catalogue is coming in for the audition as well. Mm. She She's also on the sheet of people they could audition. And his director sees the girl and goes, well, she looks very distinct. I've never seen anybody who looks like this. We should, we should you know, this could definitely, you know, get some attention. So they bring her in. And she's very quiet and something seems very off about her. And there's just something not right about her. And they drive in a car with her out into the middle of the woods to do this filming for (laughs) what basically could be a horror movie because they're filming out in the middle of the woods where there's no one else out there. And um, they're like just talking and they tell a joke or something. Mm -hmm. And she starts laughing. And when she opens her mouth, she has these sharp razor teeth. 
and she's got that long face, as I mentioned. So she's got these massive, like, sharp teeth and just cackling. And they get out of the car. They go to film the shoot. And this um, director, before they got in the car, uh, offhandedly mentioned, hey, our scriptwriter has a crush on you, which has just made it even worse now for our scriptwriter because now this girl just doesn't want to leave his side and just keeps on sort of standing near him. And she's kind of trying to uh, make him... You can almost feel like she's trying to make him uncomfortable because <laughs> he even just goes off just to say, oh, I've got to wash something in my face, and she follows him. And then he tries to run away and she chases after him. And uh, it just gets more and more crazy from there. Um, it kind of goes where you expect it does. And some, you know, it's not completely unpredictable. Yeah, I'm just kind of but looking it, at the, um, the drawing of but the it, model. It's and still, wow. yeah. And the anime does a good job with this. I would recommend the sub over the dub on this uh, because I think the voice actor they got on the sub was a little bit more scarier. Um, the dub voice actor they've got, some people said this in the comments and I agree with them. She does sound a little too pretty and a little too nice. Um, the one they got for the Japanese was just creepy as hell. So that's a good one. And then the other one they did really good with was, uh, there's one of the woman next door. Uh, I don't know if that's exactly what it's called. I think it's called the neighbor or something. Basically this guy and Ito does a lot of this, this sort of urban legend thing where, uh, you know, you've got to answer something or listen to something. And basically, um, he is sleeping next door when this woman keeps um, talking to him and goes, young man, young man, you're a very handsome young man. When are you going to come visit me? And she keeps on doing this every night. And then one night he opens the window and he sees her and she's this grotesque purple sort of just, it's hard to describe her. She's very visually striking. And in the manga, because they didn't color her, she there's something about the black and white sort of color that just really makes her off-putting. And she keeps on talking to this man every night until one night she puts the stick across the, the window and says she's going to come across. And he pushes the stick off. But then we see by the end of the story that uh, at one point she tried to reach across of her hands and the whole room on her side of the house has magically moved closer to his. Yeah, and that's the end of that story, at least in the anime. In the manga, they're like, oh, yeah, maybe we should move house. <laughs> so that was one oh, of my favorites. Um, yeah, there's, a, there's, another thing, there's another thing to point out about Junji Ito's works. A lot of, a lot of his works have something of a reality-bending theme yeah. to it. There's, yeah. you know, there's no sense of, you know, horror can sometimes, you know, sometimes be about you know, bending reality, but that's just when there's a definite, you know, being or a definite yeah. source of this. But in most of Junji Ito's mm. work, we don't know what that source is. Yeah. So, so what what were some of your favorite short stories of his, Eric? Uh, well, this is from the Yami no Kohe collection. The one, there's one which was, there's no horror in it, but the concept itself is very horrifying because mm. what it is is a story about these people who are, you know, appear to be who appear to be standing in random places all over Japan, mm -hmm. and they're standing in you know various poses. They're standing still there. They're fully aware of what's going on. They don't need to eat or drink either. Mm -hmm. But the um, these people are you know these people were called the Earthbound because they can't move and they just stay there. 
And people have been trying to figure out why. And there's this one girl who's volunteered for an organization which helps these people, mm-hmm. the Earthbound. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, she's, you know, talking to everyone, you know, talking to everyone, trying to help these people. And one day, one of her, um, her boss ends up being Earthbound in her room, mm. <laughs> you know. And, um, you know, at first she believes they're Earthbound because they are... Um, she believes they're earthbound because of an emotional attachment mm. to this place. You know, like if you love something, you'll stay there. Mm. But later on, she finds out from this, um, you know, young boy who's been earthbound next to a gravestone of his dog that apparently this is not earthbound to a happy emotion, but earthbound to a place of guilt. Mm-hmm. So each of these people are standing in poses straight on the spot because they're guilty about something. Mm. And then you figure out what each person, you know, what some of these people uh, are guilty uh, about. Yeah. So you find out that the boy is um, standing earthbound next to his dog because he's guilty about killing it. You find out another guy was, um, you know, standing in this uh, in the bushes because he killed someone. You can see someone's skull there. You can see, you know, another guy who's earthbound in a bank wearing a motorcycle helmet and all he was that. Rob it. Uh, he would have robbed the place previously yeah. and all these other various pl- things. And you find out that the guy, the the boss who's earthbound in the girl's room, mm. was there because prior to the girl, you know, prior to this, mm. the girl was um, had moved places because in her previous place she the um, she was burgled and raped. Yep. And we found out that it was her boss who did that, mm. and he was earthbound because of his guilt g- mm. g- and what he did. Mm. So there was no um, there was no real uh, you know blood gore or terrifying imagery. But the whole concept, the concept is frightening. The concept is frightening mm, that mm. if you have this massive sense of guilt, mm. you're basically stuck to the spot. Mm. And now people find out that, you know, you're there because of this. Mm. Oh, yeah. And one more. There's this old guy who's stuck outside this corner. And you found you find out that he did a hit and run on a mm. little girl. Shit. Yeah, I know. So you see, that was one. Mm. And I think the... um. My other favorite one is one where two hikers, this is mm-hmm. again less no gore, yep. but itself is pretty horrifying. Two hikers had been climbing up and find out that there was a um, a river had broken through a dam and had washed away a village. Mm. So they're standing next to a, you know, a river which is rushing through and there's this, you know, there's these buildings and people going there. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it all disappears and suddenly it just looks like the river, you know, is old and mm. like a, nothing had gone through there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They later find out that this was an illusion, mm. you know, a curse to repeat itself until something happens to it. Yeah. Um, they find this out from the old guy who's up there, you know, who's up there and watching it because he used to live in the village that got flooded. Mm-hmm. And he's been trying to uh, catch the ghost of his wife mm-hmm. who keeps, you know, who keeps, yep. you know, getting washed away. And, you know, uh, by the end of it, you find out that one of the hikers who you get a bit of a backstory on may have been the son of that man and the woman who were washed away. Mm-hmm. But the sad part about the end of the story is that, you know, it'll never, it'll probably never be confirmed or he believes it because mm. we know it's probably true, but mm-hmm. him in his mm-hmm. mind, in mm-hmm. the character's mind, it's like, I'll never know. And neither will my father yeah. or mother. I think, I think as I said before, the biggest theme of all these short stories is that they are, kind of urban legendy would you agree with me on that something on that yeah. yeah 
So I think the biggest thing we need to touch on, and I think you may have may have not read these, but did you read any Tomie stories? Because they are in her short story. She's the she's the girl with black hair. It's got kind of a fringe. She's very prominent in a lot of his works. And he's made one of our attempts at making a character like Tomie, but I would say she's not as interesting. So Tomie is basically, um, she's in at least, I think, four different stories of his. And uh, the best way I can describe her, so she basically, let me let me just see where I've, I've written some notes on her. So the best way I would describe her is she basically uh, takes people, basically turns up, she's a completely immortal girl, and she'll turn up and she'll completely manipulate people to the point where they will try and kill her. And uh, this happens in a number of stories. The, I think one of the first or second stories she's introduced into, she basically is murdered by her entire classroom, um, who think she, she, fall, she falls from a tree and they think she's um, dead and they try to cut her up to hide the body. Mm. And then they find out she's still alive and they continue cutting her up and then they dump the body in the ocean. Um, <laughs> so that's like one of her first stories. Her... Uh, one of the pro- most prominent, well, one of the ones that got adapted was her one where she is a, um, she has basically become sort of a model because this guy is, uh, he's got a, has got his model, he's doing an art thing and she, she likes his art and she says, oh, I like your art, you're a good painter. And uh, he's very intrigued by her and, and, and wants to have her as his model. And she basically comes in, insults his current model and she has to leave so he's put in a situation where he needs a new model. So, of course, he asked Tomie. And he's kind of obsessed with her. He kind of can't, like, get the image of her out of his mind. And so he eventually paints her. And uh, something sort of twists in the painting. There's, like, an extra head or something popping up. There's something just not right about it. And Tomie looks at it and says, this is horrible, and breaks it. And this just snaps the guy. And mm. the guy ends up killing a previous artist and tries to, you know, then kill Tomie. And that's like one of the stories. And then probably my favorite that I was reading on the plane is um, there's the story you think it's going to go one way and it completely goes in another direction. And basically mm. this old man and old woman, it shows them uh, with this orphan girl at the start of the story. And it's, it makes us believe that they've kidnapped this orphan girl and they're trying to um, suck her youth and kill her. And basically they're just weirdly sucking on her like skin and stuff and saying we're taking her youth and we think at the start of the story that they murder all these girls because they just all these orphan girls have been kidnapped and then gone missing mm. and then one one uh one night tomie is out there and she's just she's unconscious and she's laying out there in the cold and so they pick her up and they um she says i have no family i have no one you've got to take me in so they take her in as their daughter and they love her and slowly Tomie twists and turns the people around her. <laughs> she twists this poor, um, innocent grandma who may or may not have actually been, you know, trying to get the youth of these people. Um, but she's basically, you know, she actually likes Tomie and she actually treats her like a good daughter and she buys her dresses and takes care of her and does her hair and all this. And the old man is just, you know, he's the old man. He's the dad, mm. you know. They're just doing their thing and they're trying to be good parents. But then um, Tomie basically manipulates this old lady to the point where she kills herself. 
and we find out slowly that the maid is actually the one who's been killing these young girls. Oh, wow. Not the, not the elderly people. But we're made to believe that. But in the story ends with somehow uh, after all of this and the old woman dying, the old man has also been manipulated by Tomie to the point where he kills her. Mm. But then he also kills the maid. Mm. And then he also kills himself. Mm. And Tomie is completely immortal. So she comes back to life and gets to be the one survivor of this whole thing and gets to play the victim in it. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it was a really good story. Um, it's probably like one of the best ones of Tomie. Now, he did try this again, and I can't remember if this... I didn't read this one. I just saw it when they did the uh, anime. There is one of this young guy who comes to the town and... Um, he joins like the supernatural club or whatever, mm. and he keeps on discovering these new things just around the supernatural, like around their their city. And the first thing is he like discovers flowers that have eyeballs on them. The second thing he like discovers a waterfall that's just completely you know there's there was like a whole city or something there and it's just gone and now it's a waterfall. Mm, so God. things just apparitions just keep on appearing and he just keeps on seeing them, and he he does this through the whole story. And like Tomia, he kind of manipulates the other characters around them. Like he suggests to the one character, hey, you could get, um, look at me, I can shoot lasers out of my hands. And he goes, you could do that too. You've just got to go under the waterfall. So this guy goes under the waterfall. His mate hears about this and says, well, I want power as well. So he tosses his mate into the water and then goes under the waterfall himself and gains power. <laughs> but his mate then becomes a zombie and comes back. So yeah, it's it's a bit of an odd story, and I'd say the character it's he's clearly trying to do the Tomie sort of thing mm. um, again. It's not as interesting, but it's still kind of an interesting story. But overall, I'd say his short stories, um, some of them are good, some of them are just not that scary. They're just interesting. Uh, the circus one that I haven't even brought up is is just sad, where it's 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 scary, but it's it's kind of it's. It's well, it's just sort of yeah, just tragic where mm. it's um the circus that's cursed basically where everybody in the circus has this crush on this one girl and they all try to um impress her and every time they do they die for it, like and they're all do you mean like doing they're tricks all performers, on yeah. So okay. one one of them their tightrope brokes, um one of the clowns like goes to save her at the end of the story. And we find out that one of the knives that missed previously from the knife thrower has been hanging up on this little ledge. Oh. And it falls down and kills the guy. Oh, man. Yeah. So little things like that. And this guy is, um, we find out the ringmaster is like basically feeding off of people's um, enjoyment and, and, and their souls of, of basically um, of the dead, of the souls mm. of these dead, these wow. dead people who he's bringing in. So that was that was really interesting. Um, so Eric, is there anything else you want to touch on before we get into Uzumaki?
Um, no, not really. I yeah, that's pretty much it. So we can go. Okay, so let's let's get into his uh, most well-known work and my favorite work, Uzumaki. Mm. So Uzumaki is mostly a manga. It's gonna be an animated thing soon. I'm looking forward to that, depending Ooh, on what they do of it. Do you know who the studio is? I don't know yet, and I'm hoping it's not a full CGI thing. I'm hoping it's kind of a 2D thing, but who knows? <laughs> um, but this, the live action is actually pretty good. They they did a um, they actually visually captured like a lot of the stuff really well, which wow. is really surprising. Um, so yeah, uh, so they did that, and then there is um, so yeah, there's a movie, there's a animation thing coming, and yeah, there's this manga. And I would say the biggest difference I want to touch on here with this work um, that really striked me because this was the first thing I read of his and I thought this was going to be the case of all of them. But, uh, and Eric will probably agree with me on this, there isn't really any blood or gore in, in Uzumaki. There is one little part where there, there is... is some, but it's rather it's, rare. It's very rare and the mm. main focus and the main... Like when it's when it's focusing on the spirals as a theme in this, mm. which that's what uzumaki basically means. It's it's the spirally things you eat in your ramen. Um, yeah, it's like the little seaweed mm. things. <laughs> he, um, yeah, the, the, his his main theme in this is, is spirals and people killing themselves or going to insane or obsessed with spirals, and they basically contort their body in some sort of way to, in a spirally kind of way, and that's that's most of the ways people die in these stories, or their hair, or something twist, or something on their face. It's not necessarily someone getting stabbed or, or bloody or something like that. Mm-hmm. Not that that doesn't happen. It's just it's not the prominent oh, yeah. theme in this. I'd say a lot of this is to do with curses and nihilism mm-hmm. and a cursed town. It's very similar to sort of, um, I'd say, like Stephen King and H.P. Lovecraft or like a lot of the themes of this. Oh, um, yeah, it's definitely the case. Like, like I, I'm going to bring up the two characters here. So um, Shunichi, are the main dude, uh, who's not exactly our main character. Our main character is Kirie. She's a young mm-hmm. girl in the, in the city mm-hmm. uh, or town, I'd say. It's not even a city. Um, but Shinichi is very much, and uh, Eric probably hasn't seen this. Um, I don't think he's seen Reanimator, but if you've seen Reanimator and you read this, Shinichi is one hundred percent probably based off Jeffrey Combs from that movie. He's got the same sort of glasses, same sort of hairstyle. He's the only character that doesn't that could could pass for Japanese, but looked kind of American, you know. Most of the other characters, they've got like Western hairstyles, but you can tell they're sort of Japanese. And the art with this, I would say, is even more detailed than some of his other works. Um, I'd say like every character you look at this is distinct. Like the biggest flaw I didn't bring up with the uh, short stories that kind of ran through all of them is that some of the character designs are, they seem like they've been reused or they're very similar. Like there's a lot of characters that are just black hair, white shirt, black pants, that's mm. it. You know, and there's like at least 50 characters in his short stories that have that. Whereas this one, like even though people have uniforms, the hairstyles are very distinct. Like they're never exactly the same. Um, like Kyrie has this very like detailed sort of, uh, what would you call it? Like she's got sort of, it's um like each hairline is, is very yeah. detailed versus Shinichi, which is just like black jet black hair. But he's got this very paranoid look on his face, big glasses, 
as I said, very much looks like Jeffrey Combs. Dark shadows under his eyes. That's, yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel sorry for for him, especially with what he went through in the story. Yeah, yeah. So how do you want to touch on this? Do you want to do you want to touch on the the characters first, or do you want to touch on because I've I've mostly well the character with with regards with regards to the characters, there isn't too much of an interest in them except for the characters that have been affected by well I I would the spiral. I would say everything. So this town is basically kind of haunted, and Mm -hmm. everybody in this town is affected by it. But the Mm -hmm. main thing is it's everybody around Shunichi and Kirie. At first, that's the that's the main gist of the story. So, our first victim is Shinichi's father, who Mm. becomes obsessed with spirals to the point where he is um, able to contort his eyes in a way that make his eyes spin around. He can't eat his his um, soup without the the uzumaki in it, the thing I was describing, the fish flakes. Um, or if like his his soup is spiraling a bit, he can't like sit in his bath, and it's it's a whirlpool. And this gets to the point where he contorts himself and puts himself in like a big box, mm-hmm. a circular box, where he basically, you could say, crushes himself or kind of... Yeah, he does he, something that's physically impossible, but it's still kind of like scary and, mm-hmm. and kind of... Um, well, I wouldn't say it's it's just kind of... It's 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 uneasy to look at. Um, it but really very is. visually striking. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like Junji Ito will create something that's not pleasant to look at but you can't take your eyes off of it because it's so well detailed and so interesting to look at. Yeah, until we get to the snail people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we won't get into them yet because I want to talk about as well the fact that Shinichi's mother, I think, is the most interesting thing he did because he goes from making a character that's obsessed with spirals to a character that is completely afraid of spirals. As a phobia of them. Yeah, to the point where she chops off her her fingertips, she cuts her hair, and um, she gets to the point where she stabs her own ears out. Yeah, well, everybody she gets she gets everybody keeps to try to hide the fact that in your ear you have something called a cochlea, which looks yeah. like a basically a snail. It's got this little spirally sort of thing in it, mm. and everybody tries to hide that, but eventually the this fort that that everybody keeps on trying to hide this and she's just getting so paranoid that she thinks, you know, why they keep on hiding it? She gets to the point where she's like, well, there must be something in there. So she just stabs her eardrum and it causes her to have, and this was scary for me to read because I've actually had (laughs) damage to my left eardrum. Um, Not not as severe, but definitely like not in a fun way. Um, She gets to the point where she has like permanent, permanent basically vertigo. So she's in a spiral for the rest of her life, uh, which is frightening to me <laughs> due to the fact that I have vertigo. Well, I mean, she doesn't exactly live long enough to really suffer the consequences. Yeah, yeah. Well, most characters do not survive in, in Uzumaki, we'll just say that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, up to where I'm reading, I'm surprised, you know, there's even a story to go with because it just seems to have escalated yeah. so badly from there. Yeah. And and Kirio, who we, we've mentioned, she has um, been in the town for years. She doesn't really like the town. Well, actually, she doesn't really... She doesn't mind. She doesn't want to necessarily leave it, but she doesn't love it. She's kind mm. of that angsty teen character. And her father is, um, is affected by this as well when he has to bury these people who have died from this, Shinichi's parents. Yeah. 
And when she when he puts them in the um, coven, eventually they sort of burn in a certain way that mystifies him and creates these horrible artifacts, these horrible plates and yeah. spiraling and, and have these horrific looks in them. And, Basically, um, people's faces. Yeah, and it just gets the point where it just it gets too much, uh, and it burns down, and and yeah, and and then she has her hair um, grows really long and kind of spirals, and there's there's more stories from there. Uh, there are other ones I could get into, but I'm gonna let Eric uh, talk about some of the the other plot points that he liked and stories he liked. Well, in Uzumaki especially, that was, I think, one of them. I think, because you mentioned something about, you know, Kirie and how she wasn't really affected by the mm. spiral. Mm. Thing is, you do forget that one story about when her hair was affected by the spiral. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Her hair grows really yeah. long and gets kind of spirally. So, yeah, her hair, you know, she's affected by the spiral in two direct, um, two direct places. Her hair which apparently comes to life on itself and tries to mesmerize people and is challenged by another girl with the same sort of issue. Now, you know, Kirie gets rescued um, by Shuichi. Mm -hmm. Shunichi? What was it? How do you say it? Shunichi. Shunichi. Who cuts her hair. Yeah, who cuts her hair after it almost kills him. And so that was after he figured out that the hair actually sucks your life force. Mm, of mm. course, the other girl didn't figure that out until her, you know, mm. she, out, you know. Which kind of goes with the spiraling theme because her life is slowly spiraling, you know, into, <laughs> into, into, into her older think, age. Yeah, something like that. And then the second part where she's directly affected is from the Eye of the Storm uh, two-part, two-part mm, stories mm. where a literal typhoon comes into the middle of the town and mm. the eye of it is watching her and is apparently interested and infatuated with her. Mm. And because this is a storm, it controls, you know, things in the way a storm would, you know, it blows buildings apart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It blows um, trees around. It just tries to stop everyone else from going to her. It accidentally sucks someone up when they thought it was um, Kirie. Mm. And it was, yeah, it was really interesting. And so, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's come to a point that all you know, all parts of the town that were described at the start of the story have been cursed. You know, uh, the dragonfly mm. pond, the lighthouse, the you know everything. Can, can we touch on? So, there's one story that isn't. It's scary. It's not scary, but it's just kind of like what the fuck. And then it's kind of like sad at the same time, mm. which is the guy who has a crush on Kirie that keeps on. He has this gag where he keeps on trying to surprise her. He keeps on jumping oh, out of places. Oh, the jack in the box. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he keeps on surprising her, and he gives her this jack in the box. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the story, he comes back to life because he dies. He gets hit by a car, um, and in like a really realistic and, and horrible way. Oh and my he, god! He basically comes back mm -hmm. and does the same shit. But now, since he doesn't have a body, his body like is basically slowly mangling off of him. Um, to the point where his spine turns into like a literal spring. Actually, but, it, but yeah. it's actually, yeah, we find out it's not the, it's not his spine. It's the um, what part would you say it's of the car? It was um, the brake spring, I think. It was. Yeah, it's the brake spring from the car that is stuck in him. Has now became the spring on him that lets his body spring up and down like a jack in the box, and chase mm -hmm. after him. And you're just like, what the fuck. <laughs> Oh yeah, that is a very, very decent. One it was a one. very crazy story. Uh, 
So uh, let, let's um, let's get into some of our cons because I do have some issues with this manga. Mm. I love I love most of it, as I said, and I like the ending actually of this as well. Um, even though it's a really sad ending for, um, and I won't spoil it because I think people do need to read this. Yeah, but, don't spoil it for me. I haven't finished reading it yet. Yeah, but um, I don't know how. Well, did you get to the baby part? You mean the the nursery part where where the, the hospital. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got to that okay, part. Okay, so my biggest con with this is some of the story arcs do not have anything to do with spirals mm. whatsoever. And I don't like it because it it's not that the stories are bad. It's just it feels like it should be in another one of his works. Like there's a story with these babies that are um, essentially they, they're, they're killing everybody. These women are giving birth to babies that are killing people and giving them youth and all. It's, it's pretty nuts. Yeah, um, and it's an interesting story and it's good and it's well drawn and all that, but it seems really out of place in this story because it's got nothing to do with spirals and it's not really the haunted town. It's just a shit hospital mm, <laughs> with creepy babies. And that's, that's really it. Um, and, and some of the storylines just don't make any sense. Like there's, there's one with um, two lovers that are being separated by their parents and then at the end of the story, they uh, just... Ah, the Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, and, and it just, it feels a bit cheesy. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the story, they just spiral and join together. Yeah, like those two snakes that um they see early yeah. on. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. So that those those are my biggest cons. What about you, Eric? Honestly, I have almost no cons to this. <laughs> um, I would wish some of his other stories um, that were short stories had a, were a bit longer. Mm. But I mean, overall, he's got a good, you know, angle on horror. I like his drawings; mm. they're creepy as hell. He's got some really great ideas for a uh, concept of horror, and his characters. Actually, maybe that's one con I'd have. Some of his characters are so bland and uninteresting. Yeah, I almost okay. forget I'd, about them. I'd agree with you, especially in some of his short stories. I mm. would one hundred percent agree with you. That's uh, would you would you say that's the biggest between that and Uzumaki? Because I, I think Uzumaki, the characters are really well defined. Yeah, and you know, like I could show you a picture of the character, and you'd know mm-hmm. that's that character. Yeah. If I showed you one of his short stories, you'd be like, "Wait, is that that character or that mm. character?" There are some yeah, there are some issues with how he puts his characters into his stories because is, most of his characters don't seem to be in the foreground at all. Yeah. You know, they're the background. And what's in the foreground is not even the main characters sometimes. Mm. It's the mm. it's the horror element mm. itself that's there. You know, whether it's the event, um, a creature, or mm. just, you know, one of these spiral mm. things, that's the foreground. So I wanted to just um, bring up one other. There was one other story I forgot to mention as well, which is, I don't know how you felt about this, but I there was one spiral storyline that I didn't like at all, which is the... Um, Woman with like the dot on her head that is fascinating people. Oh, that, that was just one. kind of I don't know something about that just made me uncomfortable, and then I just didn't enjoy it. Like it it's, wasn't that kind of enjoyable, uncomfortable. It seemed to make sense at the start because um, when you you know they got this whole idea about a spiral being yeah. mesmerizing, and you just can't stop staring at it because it looks mm. so beautiful. Yeah, but to end it like that with a girl being. What is it? Like sucked. she's got like a weird spiral on, sucked in. I yeah. thought that was. I see. That's the one part I didn't mind. I thought that was kind of interesting, but just the but weird. I don't know how it transitioned. Small from spot that. thing just made me uncomfortable reading it for some yeah. reason. Yeah, 
I don't know. It was a weird. It was a yeah. weird little thing. So I'm gonna give two honorable mentions because there's two stories we haven't mentioned. One I'm surprised Eric didn't read. Mm-hmm. So Junji Ito mostly does horror. He's mm-hmm. mostly a horror writer, and that's what he does most of the time. He has done two almost non-horror stories. So the first one is, um, I don't remember the full title, but it's called Rasputin something. Yeah, yes. And it's, did you read any no, of it? No, I did not Okay, read so it's mostly about like business and government and stuff. Like, I'm not kidding. That's what it's about. Um, and I don't mind it, but Wait it's, a second. Is that the one, is that the one where this guy gets framed for something during the um, Cold War era? No, 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 no. So this isn't like, this is in present day or something. Oh, okay. But Rasputin, this guy's meant to be like the reincarnate or like they, they reckon he's very similar to Rasputin, okay. but it's Japanese and um, it's just, it's kind of just weird, but not like a horror or anything. It's not like scary or, and his art is more like what I was describing with some of his early short stories where... It's not bad, but it's not great either. Um, and then the other one I want to bring up that people may have seen is one called No Longer Human. That's a really good um, That's an adaptation of a Osamu Desai work, mm. which I think we will touch on in a later uh, review because there is an, a better version of that animated that we could talk about. It's not based off Ito's version, but Ito did do a version of it, and that's a lot about nihilism and depression and that sort of thing. And abuse, and it's it's interesting. Uh, it's an interesting read. Mm. Um, so that's that's one that's kind of interesting, and it, it simplifies some elements of that story, so you can get it. And then the last one I want to just briefly touch on is Black Paradox. Um, yeah, is it Black Paradox? I didn't want to completely go into a full review or pros and cons on this, but it's basically it's just an interesting concept. It's these mm. four people, or it's four or five people in a car basically go out and um, they're going to commit suicide. And then another car turns up right next to them and it's ex- it's them. It's basically double gangers of them. And from then on, these double gangers are basically trying to kill them. Wow. And that's the story. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to briefly mention that. <laughs> so, yeah, this is um, being alternate. Well, this has been alternating with Eric. And you guys can check us out on the Instagram at insert Connor here, we have a YouTube page that is now finally set up. It's just called Alternating with Eric, mm. um, and it has most of our videos up. We still need an intro video. Oh, we that's did... probably why I couldn't find it. Uh, yeah, because the name changed. Yeah, so we st- we still need an intro video. Um, we did film one, but I want a better one, so we'll put a better one up. And I'm gonna try and put as many episodes up there as I can. Uh, because I have to, all the old content that was on there needs to go somewhere else. So mm-hmm. I'm just sorting that out as well so I can have a separate page for that. And then uh, we also, yeah, you can, if you need to uh, ask me anything, my email is um, insertcast.co, uh, wait, insertcast at hotmail.co.nz. If you need to email us anything, uh, any questions or requests, Maybe you want to say our last episode, but shit, and then we'll, you know, not and send please, you anything back. And please, no hate mail. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> send us that and we'll read it on air. I'll make Eric read all of it on air. You want me to read hate mail on air? Yes. Why? That'd be fun. Maybe we'll get, no, no, we will get our friend Chung to come in and read it. That's what we'll do. Now, yeah, but, Eric, mm. Eric, what is our, what is our Facebook page? Now, Facebook page is alternating is just simply alternating with Eric. This is where we have all our um, uh, what was the name? 
all of podcasts, our episodes, yeah, all our podcasts, like all our let's plays, and basically any sort of um, events or places we've yeah. gone to that's anime related. So you can see our August, what was our yeah, our August um, yeah. Armageddon Expo yeah. um, video up there. So. And also pictures. So this is the... We're recording this on Halloween. It's about four something now. Um, so this episode will either be up tonight or it'll be up tomorrow. I'm going to try to get it up tonight, but if it's not up tonight, it'll be up tomorrow. This has been Alternating with Eric, episode 33. I'm Connor. And I'm Eric. Catch you later. Bye. Bye.